Welcome to Church Online. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. I pray that our worship will be exciting and uplifting. I pray that the ministry of the Word will work in your heart and that the Lord will do something special. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the service. All right, verse 12. Some of y'all need to get your pens out and your highlighters, proverbially, and maybe later on. And mark some of this up. I'm going to give you some good stuff here. Look at verse number 12. Everything is permissible, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is what? Not everything's beneficial. Take that. Think about that for a second. The title of the message is All or Nothing. All or Nothing. Paul says this. He says, everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial. Let's keep going. Everything is permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. Everything has a place, everything has a perspective, but nothing will master me. Food is for the stomach, verse 13. And stomach for the food. And God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the what? For the body. Everything is permissible, not everything is what? Beneficial. Paul said this, even though food is meant for the belly, and we all know that I'm doing well with that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> how many know, how many know, I can go through the full stages of pregnancy right now, you ready? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's a gift. I don't know how I do it, but it's really out there. We, we know that, that food is meant for the belly and vice versa, right? But it doesn't mean that it's always healthy and that it's always time to eat. You feel me? My favorite place to frequent down here in the BQ is the McDonald's drive-thru. Come on. I love me a McDouble two for three. Come on. Somebody say Amen. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm all about it. If Paul showed up today and, and like transported like McLeod or something to like 2021, I would be like, bro, I got the place. Let's go. I'd apologize for my dirty truck because it's always dirty. And I'd open the door for him. He'd be like, come on, dude, chill. <laughs> I'd help him in the truck because I heard he was short and he has bad eyesight. And then I'd shut the door for him and I'd take him straight to McDonald's. I'd be like, listen, you pull up in the drive-thru and then they talk to us and he'd be like, what is going on? I'm like, dude, we are one, two windows away from the tastiest thing you've ever had. And then we're going to top it off with a strawberry milkshake. Yes. Somebody say amen again. Somebody turn, turn to your neighbor and say strawberry milkshake. That's right. Say two for three. Turn to your neighbor online and say two for three. Oh, get, get your phone right now and do some Uber Eats. Listen, I, I know food was made for the belly and belly was made for the food. But I also know how I feel the next day when I overdo it. I also know that if I don't time it right, it's all about timing. You know what I mean? I feel weird. Man, some of y'all, if you've never had a bag of Doritos at midnight, you've never lived. 
you have never lived. I mean, the things that I see, the visions that I have, I mean, the Holy Spirit works through a bag of nacho cheese Doritos at midnight. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you food was made for the belly. Can you sense that I have a love for food? (laughs) I love food. Listen, and Paul uses food as an illustration when it comes to our, our sexuality. I think, and I, and I think that's fitting too. Consider that. It's not always the right time to eat. It's better to eat certain foods over others, right? And so thinking about that, putting that in context, we really see that there's something to this thing about sexual immorality. Look down verse 16. If you ready, keep going with me. Verse 16, don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute, this is in the same passage, the same context, Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? Remember verse 13 when he used the food illustration? He said, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the who? For the Lord. Verse 16, it says, don't you know if you join with a prostitute, you're one body with her? For scripture says the two will become what? One flesh. He summons Matthew 19. He summons the text that talk about when a, a man shall leave his father and mother and what? Cleave into his wife and they shall become what? One flesh. And, and, and that one flesh nature is where two are to become one. And I say this at every marriage, never to become two again. So Paul is saying if you join yourself with a prostitute, you're never to become what? Two again, according to the design of how marriage According to the design, food is meant for the belly and belly for the food, but there's a way that that works and works well. Paul said marriage, immorality, sexuality, it's the same thing. There's a rhythm. There's a way that these two fit together. And when improperly joining together, what you do not avoid is what that act does. That act brings you together. And in bringing it together, you're stuck with it. And, and, and the body is designed for the Lord, and if you are yoked up with something else, then how are you gonna glorify the Lord in your body? This makes so much sense, doesn't it? It's like, wow! This makes total sense, I get it! And, and, and listen, we have a society that is teaching their children at a young age that you decide. It's your preference. It's what you want whenever you want, whatever you want, whoever, whatever thing. It doesn't even matter anymore. It can be a freaking hole in the wall. What, what is going on? Somebody has to get raw and say some things in 2021. Because if you don't understand what is happening, look around you. If this text is clear, the point is is that if your children have an unfiltered access to Netflix and they're downloading behaviors that literally say, hook up with whatever, why is that? Because the devil knows, the enemy knows that if he can get them joined with something else, he's not, he will prevent them from being joined to who? The Lord. Done. Case what? Closed. End of story. And here's the point. We're left with all the brokenness. God's grace will extend. Of course it will. Paul's going to talk about that in a a minute. But look, we're so passive in areas that we should absolutely not be passive about. I was like, I mean, I did this more when I was a youth pastor. 
And there are a lot of things that I uh, believed back then that I don't believe now, but guess what? There are a lot of things that I still believe exactly the same way that I've always believed it and preached it. And this is one of them. Sexuality is for a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. End of story. Anything beyond that, what you're doing is you're making a choice to prioritize that thing over your relationship with the Lord. So let, we're going to continue down this, this rabbit hole here. I just, I really think that wherever this is hitting you this morning, take it in, apply it, and make sure that, that you, maybe some of you needed some biblical support for what you know. Here's the thing. Why is it when the child is 13 years old, maybe a 13-year-old girl, 12-year-old girl, he even talks about virgins here in this text. And I, I noticed this, like as, even as a youth pastor, now as a dad, right, I have a total, like now it's like different, right, it's real. My child is like literally overnight, you know what I mean? It's like, holy cow, this is coming way, way too fast, way too fast, but it's coming and I know that. So what are we doing now? We are watering seeds, seeds of purity, seeds of security. We're watering seeds of confidence, seeds that the Lord has buried in her spirit. We're connecting her to her Lord so that she doesn't go searching to glorify anyone else in her body except the Lord. And that will produce a right relationship. But there's an urgency in my relationship with her. And it's like I see dads and moms have that urgency when the child is young, when there's still a chance for them to turn out right, but as soon as the child gets old and makes one bad decision, everything goes out the window. Well, they screwed it up. It is what it is. Practice safe sex. You know what to do when you go out. How did, how did you just flip a light switch and... What you had that the Lord gave you, you knew. Look, you know it's appropriate. You know that it's acceptable to teach a child that she shouldn't just be open in her sexuality. If you've grown up in some sort of moral framework, you teach loyalty. You teach that even if you're married, you're not gonna what? Run around on your spouse. People who don't even have the Bible know about that. That that's a, a bad thing to do, to cheat on people. And, and how you practice now is how you will what? Live later. These, these are common sense things without the, the specific text. But I see parents give up. Look, a mistake was made. It is, I understand it wasn't ideal, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna allow this from here on out. It doesn't mean that because it didn't go the way you planned that you change. Acceptance and approval. You can always accept your child, but you do not have to approve of how they're living. That leaves the door open. Haven't we already discussed this in this specific text? Now here's what I find super interesting and so par for the course. Remember, just a little bit ago, there's a man on the front row, I'm assuming, in this text, who was being open about his sin sleeping with his mother-in-law, right? We just discussed this two weeks ago. Now. My man's open about his sin, sleeping with his mother-in-law, but then Paul comes back and he says, what about all of you sleeping with prostitutes? It was open in the church, the sexual problem, but Paul was just as concerned and now deals with it in over like two different chapters, the fact that they were sneaking around and that their private life was just as important as the open declared sin inside the church house. Oh yeah. 
And, and if, if, Paul, if Paul and I get our McDonald's and we mosey back to the church and we start discussing 2021 and what it's like to minister, I would show him this device. And there it is, okay. I would show him this thing. And I would tell him what it's capable of. And I would tell him how it's destroying our society. And when he, if Paul were to see the accessibility of sin, if Paul were to understand how sexual immorality could be look just that fast and that much, Paul, I guarantee you his head would explode. He'd be like, what? You, you can literally fornicate on your phone right there? That's what this means. Fornication comes from the Greek word pornea. You know what else we get from that word? Pornography. The idea that there is sexual activities happening outside of a husband and wife. Any of that. All those, if a man looks upon a woman to lust after her, he's already what? Committed adultery in his heart. Look, I'm just, statistically, we got a problem. Statistically, the amount of fathers on Father's Day that have viewed pornography this week is not okay. Statistically, the amount of moms that are viewing pornography on a regular basis is not okay. The age that we allow our children unfiltered access to garbage is murdering and destroying our society. Who cares? You're, look, it's not even an issue of freedom in our country and government. It's, a, it's propriety. It, it's like not even the things that you think are the worst thing. It's like the devil has won. I just want my, you know, I just want my family in church. God's like, why are you in church when you're linked up with so many people outside of church? When in your heart, you're unsaved, but on the outside, you're saved. Husband, if you claim your loyalty to your wife at the altar, but you go in your closet or on your computer or while you're at work on your smartphone with a thousand other women, you're not faithful. You are not faithful. I've never done anything physical. It does not matter. You are unfaithful. There's a larger issue here, and it's the issue of you being connected to God and you glorifying God in your heart. Here's, here's what some will say. How do you have like a deep connection with the Lord? How do you have, Pastor Matt, and this is a conversation I, I have on the regular, how do you find like a deep connection with the Holy Spirit? How do you hear the Lord talking? How do you like know what's right and what's wrong? I stay faithful in my marriage. I don't look at garbage on the internet. The obedience declares glory to the one who made me. The obedience in my body, it makes my temple unadulterated. It makes my temple pure, it makes my temple clean. When I fill it with garbage, I'm saying, Lord, I would, I would rather be married to all of those women than my wife, and the Lord can't get glory in that. Could it be that the very, it's, it is a very simple thing. This idea of sexuality is keeping many of you from experiencing spiritual intimacy. The intimacy that you're feeling, hooking up with other things beside what the Lord has given you, maybe you're single and you just absolutely cannot bear the thought of leaving that portion of your life for marriage. Let me explain something to you. It's your choice. 
You are making a clear choice to say, I cannot defer, I cannot do what you are telling me to do, so therefore I will glorify myself in this moment rather than you, God. The Lord gives you stages and seasons to enjoy them. Young people and and young married couples, it's like (laughs) building a good marriage. My wife and I, since we, I think, what, 12 years, I think. It's bad. We just had an anniversary. I think it was 12. Oh, my goodness. Just as good as the first year. God bless her. (laughs) It's funny because there were people that, that we knew when we first got married, running around, having sex, doing whatever they wanted. And guess what? After marriage, my wife and I, our love life has done, done nothing. Just look at the track record. <laughs> done nothing but gone like this, and theirs took a sharp decline. You know, if you, <laughs> if you break rules before, if you say, oh, yeah, I know, I know this isn't exactly how the Lord wanted it to be, but it's going to be okay because we're going to be together, right? This is, it's me and you forever, baby. There's no foundation of trust. Look, if, if your significant other and you enter into a relationship and you say to that person, we're going to wait, watch this, we're going to wait to be physically intimate until we're married, then that person knows, your significant other knows that you went that long faithful to her, which then in turn builds what? In turn builds trust. So therefore, my wife has already seen me display integrity, sexual integrity, not doing things that we could have done before we were married, and guess what? It's only built for a stronger marriage. Look, I'll take two years of dating without sex for, let's just say we live to 70, 50 years of a great relationship and a great sex life. But you're like, I'm young once and we're just gonna go live like this. And you wonder why you two can't trust each other. You wonder why you two can't build a life that's worth living, that's a marriage that's worth having because neither of you have exhibited to the other that your feelings are the back seat and your calling is the front seat. Man, this is weird. (laughs) What are you saying? It's 2021, Pastor. Look, and it's 2021, and people are getting divorced like crazy. Christians are getting divorced like crazy. And and I'm not up here to say, well, it could happen to me. Well, of course, but I'm saying it's not on me. The proof is in the putting of the way the Lord designed it, not our ability. We're just saying, look, we're going to build our marriage the way the Lord said to build a marriage. End of story. Try to build a marriage being unfaithful in your private life. It's not going to work. Why do we think it's different when we're single? Why do we think it's different? Look, I promise you, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. The word of God is faithful. It's true. Delay, instant gratification is murdering our spirituality. Delayed gratification will build something. I promise you, in everything. Why do we think this is any different? Man, that was a really long rabbit trail. Okay. (laughs) Verse 16, don't you know that anyone joined to the prostitute? The two will become one flesh. Here's verse 18, look at it. It's strong. This is strong. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his what? His own body. You're doing this to yourself. 
You're destroying your own intimacy with God. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. I believe that this is one of the biggest reasons why people are not experiencing intimacy with the Lord. It's huge. Sex within its proper design is supplemental to the glory of God and that you should be revealing in your life. In its proper design, it's supplemental. You should be revealing God's glory in your life. But, but sex outside of the Lord's design is detrimental to the glory that could be offered if practiced correctly. Let me just say this to you. I, I wrote this in the program. The question, why? Why is this important, Pastor Matt? Why are we talking about sexuality on a Sunday morning? First of all, because Paul did. Uh, but second of all, here's some thoughts I have. It is a very intimate way that humans can connect. Can we agree on that? Can we agree on that? It's an intimate way for two humans to connect. <clears throat> Weren't you created? Aren't you a created human being? Like created for something, created for a relationship? Don't you think that if the Lord created you, that one of the most intimate things that two human beings can share is something that God had designed for a specific reason? And if you have an internal relationship with the Holy Spirit, that could be your closest int intimacy to the Heavenly Father. And he's giving you a design, sexual intimacy, to say, look, the faithfulness that you have in that area will bleed over into this area. The, the two are connected. So I'm just saying, look, just some thoughts. It's a very intimate way for humans to connect. Here's another thing. This has been totally, I don't understand why this is not a thing, but... It's a choice. It's a choice. Everyone, I'm going to try to like not get in this political debate or discussion, but sex is your choice. We are human beings of free will. Can we agree on that? You make decisions in life. I just don't think I can. I don't think I can get there. I don't think it really matters. All of those things are excuses for you to not do what you know you should be doing. And why is it any, you know, after marriage, I think we all agree more on the fact that it's like, well, yeah, a husband shouldn't be unfaithful to his wife, but before marriage, we let our boys just run wild? It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. What's good for the goose is good for the gander here. The, the point is this. It is your choice. You're making a choice. I was born this way. You're making a choice. So here's my point. Even in the text, if you struggle with attraction outside of the boundaries that Paul is getting ready to list, Paul is not saying that those, that those feelings aren't real. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul's not saying, look, uh, you don't have that. That's not true. He's not saying that. He's saying it's your choice to act on it or not. We all live in a fallen world. We all are born into this world a sinner. But it's not our responsibility to change the name and the label. It's our responsibility to make the right decision. And let me remind you that the man who's delivering this to us, he made a choice to never have sex again. That's what he says in the text. 
So the man that said, I'm never going to have sex again because it's a distraction from what God has called me to do. I don't want children to entangle me or take me away from the work of the ministry. He went on four missionary trips. He is the reason why we're sitting here today. He's the reason why we have 13 books in our New Testament. He said, I can't do that with marriage. He made a decision to never have sex again. If someone struggles with something that is immoral and that is a desire that is outside of that, they always have the choice to say, I'm not gonna do it. Even though I have a propensity to that, I'm gonna say what? No. We don't have to recreate the way human beings are made. Sin is sin, right is right, wrong is wrong. And it's your choice. I was listening to a young lady talk about her getting this abortion had to be this right because she had all of these things in her life. I don't know if any of you heard it. All of these things in, in her life is ahead of her, so to speak. She just graduated. She's going to school, going to college. And if she doesn't have abortion, then all of her plans that she has will, will come to an end because she doesn't have abortion. I wanted to yell through the radio, you know you can just not have sex? Why is that not an option? Why, why do we not cognitively think about the way the Lord laid it out and we say, oh yeah, we have to have that because it's their choice. It's your choice to have sex or not. I know this is unpopular, but this is what Paul is saying. Make the right decision. Flee that thing that will, that will take you away from your relationship with the Lord. But instead, we have a society and we do this for everything. We make exceptions. We say, that's just how you are. Okay, we're gonna make another thing for you and another thing for you. What would happen if people actually just said, no, I'm gonna take personal responsibility for my life and I'm gonna live it the way the text tells me to live it? Look, I understand. I, look, if you're born and, and your generational sin is homosexuality, I think nothing less of you. I accept you as a human being and an image bearer of Christ. And I would counsel you and teach you and love you to follow scripture and to take that, that besetting sin, that thing that's bothering you and submit it to the Lord. It's, it's simple, it's not complicated, it's not hard. And the more we redefine what makes human beings happy and successful, the further and further and further away we get from the real meaning of life. And we have the most self-absorbed society on the face of the planet. Why? Because they're living for their own glory. Why? Because God's glory is so far from their life because God cannot indwell and be a part of that type of immorality. He is holy. I know this is tough. We, have, we live in an age of compromise. We live in an age of churches that literally... Uh, it's twofold, churches that are bad on this side that yell and scream about uh, people that live in a, in a lifestyle that's contrary and how they're the problem. No, that's not altogether correct and that's not what I'm saying, right? It's both sides. We have to love the world. Remember, Paul's already stated this. Those people that are, that are contrary and living lives contrary to scripture, it is our responsibility to let the Lord judge them and, and we, it is our responsibility to love them to the cross, Right? And to display what actually living a Christ-centered life looks like. It's not our responsibility to redefine what Christ said was right and wrong in order to win and gain them. That will not help them. The Lord has structure to his word. Anyway.
Okay. It's not popular, but there it is. The Lord says here, uh, Paul says this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for the text. There it is. Look at verse number 19. Don't you know that your body, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you, you have of God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so what? This is a command. Glorify God with your body. The command to the church at Corinth is for them to, to take their feelings and put them in the back seat and take their calling and put it in the front seat. The church, how we are supposed to act is that my body first and foremost is to glorify my Savior. And I will not step out on my wife, not just because I love her, but because it would not glorify the Lord. What will hold your marriage together? What will hold your relationships together? The glory of God. If I know there's a larger consequence to my infidelity, I will stay weighted in the truth. This is the problem in marriages. You only have the love that you have for the significant other. And what happens when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? You know what I'm saying. What happens when the music stops and when the flowers wilt? Oh, and you cannot stand the sight of them. I got a God that I'm glorifying in this relationship. I mean, it is the, man, it's getting right on the front row. <laughs> what happens when the kids are between instead of together? <laughs> I love it. Look, Christ in the church, husbands love your wives, right? There's a bigger glory at work here. Here's what Paul means by glory. The word means this, to positively acknowledge, recognize, esteem, oh, esteem one's character, if I'm to glorify God, that means I'm exposing his character in my body. Did, did you get that? Did you hear that? The Holy Ghost of God, something that is not seen, goes into something that is seen, and your body displays the character of God. That's the character of the cross. Someone that lives a life of sacrifice, Something that you want to do, your feelings, is put in the back seat and your calling is put in the front seat. This is the same thing with our nation, with our faith, those that have gone before us, that have sacrificed, that have paid the price, and then the spoiled brats to follow. Relationships work the same way. Deny yourself. Build a life the way the Lord tells you to build it, and you're going to have something strong. But it's going to require sacrifice. As food is for the stomach, your body is for the Holy Spirit, enabled by a sacrificial act on the cross to pay the debt, free us from the former servitude. We are now able to glorify God in our bodies, and therefore we should act out our actions, the character and attributes of God. Look at verse number 12 in chapter 6. I love this. Paul says this. Remember, I will not be mastered by what? Anything. Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. Some of you when we get to the invitation today, you need to repent of that thing that is mastering you. You know in your mind, you run back to it every day, every hour. When you have the downtime, your mind runs there. Look, can we serve two masters? No. If you're serving the food that is consuming you, then you're not serving the Lord. It's very simple, isn't it? 
It's very simple, but it's so true. Paul oscillates from everything to anything. Everything's okay. Everything's permissible in its timing, in its place, but nothing will be over me. Paul is giving some relationship advice. Now, I'm gonna, I have to like literally run through the rest of this, and I wanna get to the last point, and I've said a ton of things today that, weren't in the pro, that wasn't in the program, so that's that. Uh, so just stick with me real quick, because I wanna get to the end. Paul gives some relationship advice there. If the Lord gives you a significant other, then walk in that, walk in that freedom. Paul equates the right relationship as a gift from the Lord. Look at chapter seven, verse number seven. I wish that all people were as I am, that's single, right? But each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, another has that. So Paul says, look, it's better for you to just serve the Lord and be alone, but that's not everyone's gift. The Lord is gonna give some of you a spouse, and for good reason. The importance, don't miss this, the importance of our lives is not the position that we hold, but how we display Jesus while we are holding that position. And this is where single people lose their minds because they act and wanna act like married people. And the Lord says, it's not the thing, it's the position. I've placed you in singleness right now and you doing what you're supposed to do as a single person is what will allow you to behave correctly as a married person. But we, we cannot be in a position that we don't wanna be in. We don't wanna be uncomfortable. This is our society. If you're married, how well do you treat your spouse? If you're single, how, how are you in, in your purity in your singleness? If you're an employer, Paul also talks about that in this passage. How are you resourcing and stewarding the business that the Lord gave you? If you're an employee, do you complain about everything? Or are you the resident encourager and problem solver? Now here's where I, I told you I would delineate here. Paul writes an opinion piece in chapter seven, verse 25 through 40. Here's what he says. He says, if you can remain single and just focus on the Lord, do that. But what he does do is give proper boundaries for dating, engagement, and marriage. And remember, this is from a single dude. Here's what he says, chapter seven, verse one through three. Go back and read it, I don't have time. Sex should be reserved for the bedroom between husband and wife. If the, if the boundaries for you are not clear, if you do not understand where is the Lord on this, is it different today, is it from yesterday, look at what Paul says in chapter seven, verse one, one through three. Sex should be reserved for the bedroom between husband and wife. Not on your phone, not in, it, it, it's not good. Hear the truth, hear the word of the Lord, now in response to the matters that you wrote about, here I am reading it, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Paul's very clear. Here's the other thing he says. In, in chapter seven, verses 10 through 16, he says this, marriage will work best between two Christ followers. It will work best. Can two walk together except they be agreed, Amos says. But here's what I love about this situation. Remember, he's called into this area, Corinth, which was a very messy area. It was the Las Vegas, right? of the ancient world, and here's what he says. If you're married and you find the Lord calls you when you are in a relationship with an unsaved spouse, guess what Paul says? He says, oh, divorce him and meet somebody in the church. Is that what he says? No, he says you stay with them because you are their hope to finding Jesus, and I've seen that. He said, if you're a husband and you're married to a wife that's outside or, or unsaved, guess what he says? Stay with her. It's better, that's, that's where the Lord puts you. If you have children that are unsaved, stay with it, why, you're their chance. 
listen, it is so vitally important that we bloom where we are planted. And that if we realize that, look, we are, we are in a cesspool. The world is riddled with sin and problems and issues, but God's love is greater. So therefore, none of us are to prefer one over another. None of us are to think we are better than. Paul said you are there to show Jesus' love to those people that are around you, not to tell them that they are wrong and that you are better than them. That's, what the, that's how Christians should be living. Stay where you're at. If you found the truth and we believe by God's grace that he saved us, that his love scooped us up, planted our feet on a rock and established our goings. Look, if you believed it by grace, that means he'll do it for them too in his timing. Some of you have lost people around you that are using your Christian life that's bad as an excuse to stay lost. And that's a problem. Well, I just think it's better that I stay in touch and you know that I'm more like them when I'm with them. Wrong, that's not love. Jesus dined with publicans and sinners, but he told the woman at the well to go and what? Sin no more. We got it backwards. It all starts here. It starts with you doing what is right, not you telling them where they are wrong. Well, we all got our struggles, but let me tell you here, sister. <laughs> how about you tell her by doing right? How about, you tell her, how about you tell her by getting your own marriage straight? How about you tell her by loving your wife? By going on a date with your spouse? How about you tell her by being kind to your children? How about you tell her by, by going downstairs and, and sitting on the sofa and reading your Bible in the morning and, and that your children see that you have a relationship with the Lord? We got it backwards. Here I go again, getting off script. Listen to this. I, here's the text. This is it. You ready? Don't miss this point. Verse 17, chapter 7, verse 17. You need to look at it with your own eyeballs. This is really good. Let each one live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. Oh my goodness. You're in the place and in the assignment that the Lord has for you. I just don't like my life. <laughs> I just don't like it. I just want something different, Lord. Can I have another one? <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> the Lord assigned when God called. This is what I command in all the churches. That, that's a pretty bold declaration, isn't it? Paul says, let each one live his life in this situation. You know, the funny thing, when folks get saved and they find the Lord, they want to change everyone around them. I'm saved now. Now here's what we're going to do. <laughs> No, that's not going to work in discipleship. Here's what you need to do. You need to be right with the Lord. You need to control your little area of space, and you need to get it right from the inside out. Okay, continue here on the, script, on the scripture here, verse 18. Was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Circumcision does not matter, and uncircumcision does not matter, and all the fellows said amen on a Father's Day. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> keeping God's commandments, I underlined, highlighted this. Keeping God's commands is what matters. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So good. Parents, oh my goodness, here it is. You have in your mind, it's just gonna be this beautiful wedding. It's gonna be gorgeous. Moms, grandmoms, dads, whatever. 
It's just not, we can't do this thing until everything's perfect. This is the society we're living in. Until the average wedding in Maryland, it's like 40 grand. I, I just made that up. It's a lot. We got to have this barn. What's up with barns? Like, we have really nice houses today, but we're going to go to the dilapidated barn and hang some garland, and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> anyway, we're so weird, aren't we? It's great. It's rustic. <laughs> I just want to get married in this rustic place. It's going to be so weird. But, like, we have this idea. We have this vision. And it's going to take me 10 years to get there, but we're going to get married. Paul's like, you know what matters? Is that you're faithful before you get married, not how beautiful your wedding is. Let each of you remain in the situation in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Don't let it concern you. But if you can become free, by all means take the opportunity. For he who is called by the Lord is as a slave, is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called as a free man is Christ's slave. You, and, and here's the context of this famous verse, right? You were bought with a price. I'm sorry, not the famous verse that we already read earlier, but it is the same context. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of people. Brothers and sisters, each person is to remain with God in the situation in which he was called. This is it. We're closing with this. Listen to me when I say this. The description, location, and activation of your God-given calling is where you are right now. Not where you want to be, where you think you should be headed, or where you dream to land. What are you gonna do with your life? Well, I just have this dream and I have this vision and God's gonna change everything. It's gonna be incredible and I'm gonna move or I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. <laughs> That's not how God works. God's will is for you right now where you are. It's, it's not a description or a location. The activation of your God-given calling is where you are right now. Watch this. The prescription for success is one thing. Don't wait to obey God when the setting is right. Just do it now. How, how does this all play out, Pastor Matt? It plays out really simply. The best way this life plays out is through your obedience now. Look, I'm the worst about this. I'm telling, like the worst. I'm always the, well, I can't wait until, and this is gonna be incredible. I'm like a, a five-year, 10-year guy down the road. That's, I'm living there. It takes effort and my wife going like this, saying, live here. Here's the moment God has crafted for us right now. Here's your children right in front of you. If you're not careful, you're gonna what? I'm the worst about this. And Paul says, listen, the description is, is, is in the location. It's not it. Listen, you're, that person is not gonna treat you better after you're married. He's gonna treat you like he treats you. It's only gonna get worse. I've said some stuff today, I already know. But here's the beauty of it. You can get it right right now. What? Yes! All of you today, if you're watching online, I know you left 20 minutes ago. If you're here in person, I got a captive audience. Understand this. You can walk out changed today. You can walk out with purpose today. Bringing God glory in your current stage 
is always, oh my goodness, is always the proving ground for God's provision into the next stage of your calling. If you missed everything I said, get that. Bringing God glory in your current stage is always the proving ground for God's provision into the next stage of your calling. If you're single, be single. Be a good single person. If you're married, stop dreaming about things that are not good. You hear me? Stop. It's not good. Be faithful where God puts you. Some of y'all, it's time you take your feelings out of the front seat and throw them in the back seat and take your calling and put it in your front seat. You feel me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for watching and joining us for our church online. I pray this experience was just what you needed today. If you made a decision for the Lord to follow Christ, or if the Lord did something in your heart that was special today, we would love to hear about it. Post it in the comments, send us a message, and we'll reach out to you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.